is Josiah. Um, here to uh, bring you not one but two passages today for your first treat. But let me just pull it up. All right, first one is First Thessalonians five eighteen. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The second one, Philippians four sixteen. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. This is God's good word. Well, Thanksgiving is this Thursday, and so on behalf of myself and Pastor Paul and the other two pastors of the church and our leadership, we hope that this coming Thursday would be a blessed day for you and your friends and family, just in a sense acknowledging all that God has provided us in Christ Jesus, our Lord, and just a time of giving thanks back to him as we eat delicious food, as we enjoy wonderful company, and so we wish you a happy Thanksgiving. You know, it's a time where we often just think about giving thanks. Last week we talked about giving, right, giving in or giving up. This week we're talking about giving thanks and and the idea of this whole thing of giving thanks, thanksgiving, right? And you just flip the words around. And then it reminds me of this, two sto- this story of two men who were like walking in rural America and they were cutting, making a shortcut through this huge field. And they were about in the middle of the field and they realized there was this angry bull that was in the field and he was starting to charge them. So the both guys, they start, you know, running as fast as they can to the nearest fence, which is a long distance away. So they're huffing and puffing and they're running, and they realize, they look back, and the bull is gaining on them really quick, and they're not going to make it. So the one guy says to his friend John, John, throw up a prayer real quick. We're, we're not going to make it. We're, in, we're done in. And John says, I don't know how to pray. I've never prayed publicly. And then the guy says, but I don't even, I don't even believe in God, so you've got to pray. So he said, okay, the only prayer I know that my father prayed before our meals. Lord, for what we're about to receive, make us truly thankful. So that, that's this theme, I thought, of that story because it's Thanksgiving. You guys, are you awake yet? I don't know. That wasn't funny. Yeah. <laughs> eh, my wife's like, should have preached it to her first. Yeah. <laughs> well, one common temptation for us who follow Jesus, who are what we call Christian, right? We have that, that designation because we bear Christ in this world is that we become so accustomed um, to God's blessings in our lives that we just take it for granted. We don't even pay attention to them anymore because we're so used to them day in and day out. And we become like a world traveler who has gone everywhere and seen everything where that, the things that are so exciting no longer excite us. We just expect them to be there. Anticipate. We don't even anticipate that they're there. We just expect them to be there. You know, Ralph Waldo Emerson, a figure in our history as a country, right? Uh, He said that if the stars came out one night a year, then most people would stay up all night to just view the stars. Thank you, Daniel, for clicking forward. I forgot that one. (laughs) Yeah, and, and we would just gaze at the stars, but we have seen stars so often that we don't usually just go outside at night and look at the stars because we, we're used to it. We take them for granted. 
They're just there all the time. You know, it's like the Israelites who wandered in the wilderness and they got so accustomed to God's blessings on them, the blessing that came every single day almost, except for the Sabbath day, it was that manna. God was providing for them a miracle every single day. They wake up and there was food on the ground for them. But they got so accustomed to that. And they got tired yet of it even, not even just taking it for granted. They got tired of it. This is what they said. They said, but now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna on the ground. That's what they called it. Nothing but manna. They were experiencing a miracle of God every single day almost. And they grew accustomed to it. And they got tired of it, actually. Just <laughs> taking it to the next step. They complained about it. Nothing but manna. See, one of the evidence that we have grown accustomed to God's blessings in our lives is this spirit of criticism and complaining that we grow into, we fall into. Uh, instead of thanking God for what we have, we complain about it. And we wish we had something else rather than what we have. Something better, something more shiny, something more useful, whatever. We just complain about what we had or what he has given us. Yeah, and you can be sure that if God did give us what we, uh, what we want, then we'd probably end up after a while complaining about that too because we'll get tired of that as well. Uh, the Christian who has gotten accustomed to God's blessings in their life has this spirit of complaining of like critical of what we have or what God's provided for us. Another evidence of this problem is the idea that others have a better situation than we do. You know, like, oh man, they got it so good over there. Uh, you know, because we are not satisfied where we are and what God has given us. The Israelites are another example of this. Like in the same time period when they were in the wilderness, they started to imagine incorrectly like what life was back in Egypt and and thinking like oh man we want to we long to return to the cucumbers and melons and leeks they call them and onions and garlic they were saying like oh the people in Egypt have it so much better than we do because we're out in this wilderness and all we got is this manna on the ground obviously they had forgotten about their brutal slavery that they experienced and God's wonderful deliverance from that bondage to bring them to where they were. They forgot about all that. They just were focused on what their menu was and complained about it. Well, what Josiah read for us a little while ago in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 18, Christians, followers of Jesus, are commanded to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, the Apostle Paul, the author of this letter to Thessalonica, the Christians who were in Thessalonica, this is a town that was in northern day, what is known as Greece today, northern Greece. And the practical question for this command that we see in 1 Thessalonians is, how do we give thanks in all circumstances? How do we do that? How, is that practical? Is it even possible to give thanks to God in all circumstances, no matter what they are, all, that's inclusive of everything. How do we do that? Well, once a year, Thanksgiving Day comes and goes, and we are thankful. I, I love that, this holiday, because it's, it's always a wonderful, encouraging time to me when whoever comes to our home, or if it's just me and I, and we just take a little time to start 
being thankful for what God has done over the last year or in our lives up to this point, whatever it may be. And it's just very encouraging. But it's quite different to give thanks for God's blessings that we can think of than to give thanks in all circumstances, isn't it? You think of all the positive things, right? But in all circumstances, circumstances are not all positive, are they? How do we give thanks in all circumstances? How is that even realistic or possible? Well, the Apostle Paul, who wrote this command under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, well, he was a model for us how to live like this, even in the midst of some terrible circumstances. You know, after his third missionary journey, uh, he was on his way to Jerusalem, and this prophet named Agabus warned him that if he went to Jerusalem, he would be arrested and imprisoned by the Romans. And listen to what happened next as Luke recorded it in Acts 21. It says there, when we heard this, this is Luke writing, we and the people were there pleaded with Paul not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am, not, I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. When we, he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and said, the Lord's will be done. The apostle Paul was willing to die for the name of the Lord Jesus. Why? Why was he willing to go into a circumstance that he knew would be terrible? I mean, usually we don't get to do that, right? We don't say, oh, that's going to be a really terrible situation, so I'm going to go ahead and go into that, right? Usually we think a little differently, right? <laughs> that's going to be horrible. I think I'm going to avoid that. <laughs> I don't want to do that, right? But he was just willing to go. Why? Because he lived giving thanks to God in all circumstances. He could be thankful before he was arrested. He could be thankful even while he's arrested. He could be, give thanks in all circumstances. And we know that Paul was then arrested when he got into Jerusalem, and he was in jail for years. But we also know that while he was in jail for those years, he got to preach the gospel to the governors of Felix and Festus, and also King Agrippa and his wife. And then eventually he was brought to Rome under house arrest. And as far as we know, he may have even got a chance to preach the gospel, the good news to Caesar himself. All while he was under arrest in a sense see paul was willing to die for the name of the lord jesus the truth is that thankfulness inspires devotion and loyalty the more we are thankful to god for all his blessings that he bestows on us the more we are devoted and loyal to him because we begin to see everything that we can be thankful for in our lives and in the word that he has revealed to us. See, Paul's devotion to the Lord was very strong, and so he could be thankful in all circumstances. But let's get practical. How is this possible in the sense of our everyday life that we know it, or in the people that we know? Giving thanks in all circumstances. I was trying to choose this message because it'd be relevant for us, no matter what's happening in your life now. What is troubling our hearts? How do we give thanks, especially as Thanksgiving is coming up and approaching? So let's think about in times of grief. How can we give thanks when someone we love dies? 
How do we give thanks in that circumstance? Well, this is addressed earlier in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, which says, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. If we believe in Jesus, that he is the risen Lord, resurrected Lord, you and I have hope no matter what happens in our lives, no matter who dies in our life. We can give thanks in times of grief with hope in the Lord. We still have hope in the Lord no matter what the circumstance is, especially when we lose someone we love. Because when we lose someone we love, it's a crushing blow. It's because that person, that relationship has been torn out of our life. It's, it's like someone rips off our arm, and, and it hurts. It's painful. It's excruciating. And yet, our hope is in the Lord. It's outside of that circumstance that we have hope for the future. And when death and sin, we will see in the future to come that the hope we have in Christ, in the new age, that death and sin will be no more. We will have new resurrected bodies. And it's a blessing, another blessing, if we get to see our loved ones in the age to come. Our hope is in his coming kingdom and what we have in Christ, Jesus. If we grieve like the world, we grieve like we have no hope. We are desperate because what we have lost can never be replaced. It's never coming back. We're hopeless. We will focus on what we have lost rather than be thankful for the time we had with our loved one and all the good memories we've had and were gifted to us. Rather, we will focus on all the memories we won't have now and all the things that have been stolen from us that we'll never get. It's just a matter of are we thankful or are we ungrateful for what we're not going to get that we'll never get. We think everything in my life is mine. It's kind of like those uh, birds and, you know, if you've ever watched uh, Finding Nemo, you know, mine, 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 mine. We, that's the approach we have. So our loved one that we lost is mine. And now God gave that person to us for a period of time, and now he is taking he or she away. And, but it's mine. That's our mindset if we're like the world. And I won't have what is mine. I should have what is mine. It's been ripped away from me. And... And we are just, we become, again, complaining in that sour spirit. God has created each of us for his purposes. And the more we can live thankful for the time that we've had together with each other, then we'll be thankful as every relationship in our life as a gift of God, whether it's a short period of time or it's a really long period of time that we have with these people in our lives, the relationships we have. Every single person and relationship is a gift of God to us. It's like when my father died in 1986. I learned that I could still praise God for who he is and what he has done. You know, I wasn't thankful for my dad passing away. I was thankful to God for who he is and what he has done. I could give thanks to God for those things uh, because God does not change. Now, I miss my father deeply. And, but in my grief, the Lord has helped me to be thankful for the good memories I have with my dad. So even in Thanksgiving, I remember the 
the times my family got together for Thanksgiving and my dad would open up one of his bottle of wines that he used to make wine and store it in our cellar. And it was always like hit or miss, you know, 50-50 chance. Sometimes the bottle of wine was like, hey, this is pretty good. And other times we'd take sips, we'd all do it together. You know, he'd pour it all out and he'd say, okay, cheers. And we'd all take it and we'd be like, whoa, oh, this is disgusting, you know, <laughs> because it's, it, it was homemade and sometimes it wouldn't make it very well. But it was always just that exciting time to just see how the dad's wine would work out. So it's a good memory of us being together in those times. I'm so thankful for that. And, but my hope is in the Lord and not, and not in my father, not even in seeing my father again. But I have confidence because of what is revealed in God's word that when I do see, come into the new kingdom and my father is there because he had faith in the Lord Christ too, that when I do see my father, then that's just another blessing I can give thanks to God for, that I get to see my dad again and have that relationship restored. Our hope is in the Lord and him alone. How about let's talk, think about if we get sick in times of sickness or injury. How do we give thanks in those times? Well, Proverbs 19.21 speaks of this in a way. Many are the plans in a man's heart or a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Well, we can give thanks in times of sickness with trust in his purposes. Again, you see where our focus isn't on necessarily our circumstances. It's on God and his purposes. You know, it is the Lord's purpose that prevails in our lives. No matter what happens, God's purposes will continue for all generations. You know, the purposes of our, our lives may or may not work out uh, if, unless we align them with the Lord's purposes. When we become sick, whether it is a simple cold, you know, that's just inconvenient for that day. Say we're going to give a presentation and then our nose is running like crazy and it's disgusting. And it's like you get upset because the timing of that was like, why today? Or you get this big zit right in the middle of your forehead, you know, and you're going to get up and give a presentation. Or perfect, right on the tip of your nose, big red, you know, one. You know, that, that would be horrible. And you start thinking like, wow, God, why, why today? Why does this happen today, you know? And we start complaining and get a sour spirit about that whatever, it may be something simple like that or maybe something serious like having cancer or some injury we have. Well, we can give thanks to God for we know his purpose will prevail even in and through our sickness or tragedy or whatever it is that we're experiencing. His purposes will prevail and that is where we can give thanks to God for. Despite me having cancer or despite me getting in this accident or whatever, God, I know your purposes are not thwarted and they will prevail. And I give you thanks for that, even in and through my own sickness. And the Apostle Paul was in prison when he wrote these words. Listen in Philippians chapter 1. He said, I eagerly expect and hope that I will not in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For, me, for to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. He's in prison when he wrote these words. The Lord has a purpose for our sickness or our injury. We may not know what it is, but we can have trust that he does have his purposes working out, and his purposes will prevail, because he is the Lord God, sovereign over all things. And we can give thanks for that, and we can take, have trust in that. And I remember in June 
1996, I did something stupid, and I severely sprained my left ankle. And uh, it was extremely painful. I had to wear a cast for two weeks uh, at that time uh, while it was healing. And just after a few days, I lost my patience, and I turned into this sour, complaining spirit. And I, I was just, it was so difficult, inconvenient to do everything. You know, take a shower, I couldn't get it wet. I mean, it's hard to get in out of this, you know, the tub. Uh, I, getting dressed in the morning was just a pain. And I just complained about everything. Just getting a drink from the kitchen, you know, to move over there and get it. And it was just such a pain. And I just complained about everything. And I got more, I got worse and worse very quickly. And then May said something to me that opened my eyes to what the Lord was trying to teach me and hammer into my head about my own character at that time. She said, now maybe you can understand a little more what it feels like to be handicapped. Just a little bit. And that just opened my eyes because as she told me that, it was like the best lesson the Lord could have given me at that time. Because here I was complaining that I sprained my ankle and it was kind of inconvenient for me to do these things. But I was going to heal. I was going to be able to walk again, fully recover in just a fairly short period of time. But somebody who's permanently disabled, they got to deal with it the rest of their life. But was I thankful that I was going to recover in a short period of time? No, I wasn't thinking that way. Was I thankful to God that it wasn't a, a serious injury and permanent injury? No, I wasn't thinking that way either. I wasn't thankful for that. I was all upset because it was so inconvenient to get a cup of water from the kitchen. Yeah, I was in that sour spirit. And the Lord just ripped that away and said, look at yourself. Look at how ugly you are in this way. And that lesson I never forgot. If we believe that Jesus is the risen Lord, then his purposes are always good, always right, and that he is always working for our good, in every circumstance. But do we really trust and believe in that? Because we can be thankful for that, even though life seems to really not be very pleasant at the time. Because in Romans 8, 28, we know this, right? And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So in the same sense, then let's think about if we get laid off from work. Right? And then be similar to like getting sick, right? But it's just we can't control when we get sick. We can't control when we get laid off or not, if we lose our job. Right? God gave us the job we had. Now he took it away. Um, you know, blessed be his name. Praise God. He's working his purposes and in, in through our life, whether we're employed or not employed. So we could think of our sickness as unemployment. And we just look and give him praise because we know. The Lord will provide in the right time, in the right way, at the right place with another job. If that is going to be according to his will, yeah, that's fine. We'll trust in him and we can give him thanks that we're just a part of his purposes in this way. So how about in, in times, though, of our own sinfulness? How can we give thanks to God when we sin and we hurt maybe the people in our lives how do we give thanks in those circumstances? Well, we can give thanks in times of our own sinfulness, being grateful for his forgiveness and discipline of us. Being thankful for his forgiveness and discipline of us. 
When we confess our sin, we can thank the Lord that he has forgiven us through Jesus' work on the cross. We can be thankful that he has done the work to provide us forgiveness. And we can be thankful for that he disciplines us in response to our sinfulness, the consequences that we receive because of our own sinfulness. As Listen to what Hebrews chapter 12 says in, a, in, response, or in relation to this. Because the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Our fathers disciplined us for a little while, as they, saw best, or they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So when you and I sin, and then we confess, we humble ourselves enough to confess our sin to the Lord and to those we have hurt, then that is an, a, a demonstration of the gospel message right there to those in our lives. And it can be a huge witness to those who do not follow Christ. And it can be a big encouragement to those who do, our brothers and sisters in Christ, when we see each other humble ourselves and admit our wrong and turn back to Christ and follow him. Big encouragement to us and, a, and possibly a big witness to those who are not uh, followers of Christ. Because remember, as followers of Jesus, we are not free from sin right now in this part of eternity, but we are free from being slaves to sin because God empowers us to choose not to sin, but we still fall to sin because of our sinful nature. We have not been totally made new. We are being made new in Christ. We've been declared righteous in Christ Jesus. Now, we can give thanks in times of our sinfulness then by being grateful for his forgiveness and discipline. So, are you thankful for your God's discipline on your life when you mess up and sin? We can be grateful because he loves us then. And so, no matter what the circumstances you and I face we can always give thanks to God because of his love for us and his love endures forever, never ends. The end of Romans chapter 8 talks about that. Who can separate us from the love of God, the love of Christ? And it says basically nothing can separate us from that love. But we've all faced times when we let whatever's happening in our life bring us down, you know, to depress us, to discourage us. We get frustrated. How can we give thanks in those circumstances. When we're just like, man, nothing is going right. You know, I know people, it just, I, you know, I feel sorry for them because I think, man, if I was them, I'd be asking that question. Like, they just get over one catastrophe and then another one happens. They get over that and then like some health issue happens. They get over that and then something else happens. I'm just like, man, their life is hard, you know? But how do we, how do we give thanks to God when we feel like this? Well, we give thanks to God by remembering his blessings. This is key. I mean, this kind of over, overshines everything we've just talked about practically. Because giving thanks in all circumstances, we can only do this by remembering his blessings. Now, there's this old hymn. Uh, I, I, I honestly think it's a little corny in the sense of the tune. But it's kind of catchy. You'll, once you hear it, you never forget it. It's like those commercials that are like, you know, 
don't, Maine, I have this one commercial. <laughs> have you ever seen Cars for Kids? <laughs> it's like, no, we can't listen to that commercial. We hear it, we shut it off real quick because once we hear it, it doesn't get out of your head. You just keep hearing it the rest of the day and it's annoying. But this isn't that bad. This is a good, the good message behind this song, this old, old hymn called Count Your Blessings. Yeah, if you've heard of it before, I'd immediately bring that up. I said that earlier and Josiah started humming the tune. I mean, it's not like you listen to that song every day, right? It just kind of popped in there. Yeah, so, and then we were kind of humming it together. But, uh, so, beware, this is going to stick in your mind. <laughs> but the message just incorporates everything that we've just been talking about. So go ahead, hit it. About three minutes long. Sound. It's already started. I need the sound. There we go. Amen. See what I mean by that? Kind of catchy tune, maybe. <laughs> well, let's do that right now. Let's count our blessings as a church community. Let's think about what blessings has God given 
us as a community in Christ? Well, the one is the blessing of peace and unity in our community for many years now. I mean, yeah, we've had issues. We're all sinners, you know, coming together. And yeah, there's conflict, but it hasn't got to the point where the, the leadership's divided and, you know, there's a big fight and then we end up with two churches or something like that. We haven't, we haven't had that for quite a while now. That's a blessing. Blessing of babies being born to our families here in our English congregation. And we've got one on the way in the Han family, just about ready to come out. And so that's another blessing. Children are such a blessing to us. Uh, the blessing of people joining our church community over the past few years, and even during the pandemic, we've had people coming and joining our community. And the blessing of new faith, like the examples of Vicki Hu and Andy Young yesterday, uh, in being baptized in our church community. The blessing of our financial resources. We had a big surplus last year. You know, it was amazing during the pandemic. It was crazy. You know, I was thinking, heard so many other places, companies being shortfalls and all that, and we had this huge surplus. You know, it's just a blessing in our buildings that we can use for the kingdom of God's work. The blessing of each one of us knitted together by faith as God's family. You know, we have, we're brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. And this is a blessing because if you've ever traveled and you've gone to visit like other communities of faith around the world, it's like this immediate connection. Brothers and sisters of all shapes and sizes and colors and languages and cultures, it's a real blessing. Blessing of his spirit who he has given us by faith in Christ that dwells within us. And we have this intimate opportunity to be in communion with the Lord God every minute of the day. Such a blessing that we often don't tap into. So God has blessed Cornerstone and also each of our lives in so many ways if we just sit down and think about it, if we just count our blessings and name them one by one. That, you know, there's a lot of things that we try to do to pick our emotions up, like listening to music and stuff, but if we just sit there and think about God's blessings in our lives, that would pick us up that's the truth and it's a lasting deep truth philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to god now notice here that this idea of giving thanks is in the context of praying and it's true because when we give thanks to god for whatever it is that's a prayer because we're communicating to God, thanks. Thank you, God, for this. It is prayer from our heart to him. We're communicating our gratitude to God. And so I want to end today's message with some proclamation of who God is out of the thankfulness in our heart. From Revelations chapter 7, verse 12. Actually, it was part of the song we sang earlier. We didn't coordinate this. But let's just do this. Let's read this out loud together. Ready? Begin. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen? Let's do it again. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen? Amen. All right. Wow. You guys, I could hear you that time. That's different. <laughs> yeah, amen. Well, let's pray.
Lord, we confess that it's so easy for us and for me to focus on their circumstances of our lives rather than on you and your unchanging character, your unchanging truth, and all the blessings that are connected with who you are and what you have done, and all the blessings that you've even bestowed on us physically here with our shelter and our resources and our families and our friends and all the other things that are unique to each of us. Lord, we praise you because everything good in our life is from you. And you are a good God. And you love us dearly. This is the truth. And so, Lord, we pray that our, our character, our identity can be founded in you and you alone so that we don't care what other people think. We're not manipulated by the movements of culture or fads or what expectations people place on us. But, Lord, that we can be founded in you and, and just live a life of experiencing the thankfulness and joy that comes from being with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.